We're in the third week of a series that Pastor Ron started uh, a couple weeks ago on the Holy Spirit. And the key verse that we've been focusing on is found in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. And I just want to look at that together even as we start today. It says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We've been focusing on that last phrase there, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to go with Garrison over to Tanzania, East Africa, and we were doing some mission work, short-term mission work over there. And we had an opportunity on a Sunday to go to a tent to one of the satellite churches that we were there with, and, and they wanted me to preach. And so I got in the car. We went out about an hour away from the city, and we found a tent. They were already worshiping by the time we got there, but there was a, a, a homemade tent of sorts that they had created. And they had taken bed sheets and any kind of spare material they had, and it was just a, a mosaic of fabric that became the tent covering. And they had taken sticks and, and just trunks, tree trunks and things like that, and they had created center post. And so it was a, just a dark mud on the floor. They had a little bit of grain where you could walk in so you weren't right in the mud. But I got there, and worshipers were going. It was real exuberant praise. And so they, they brought me in, and the pastor was sitting up on the platform or the little area they had at the front. And, and as soon as I sat by the pastor, the rain hit, just like today. The rain just came down. Well, any of you who kind of know fabric and the way people sew and things like that, there were gaps in the fabric and there were seams. And as sure as I sat down and the rain started, it just started gushing on my head right where I was sitting. And so I got wet and the pastor looked over. I was trying to be polite. My Bible was soaked. I was in a suit. I was soaked. My, head, my hair was soaked. And, and so he, he saw that and he was, he was apologetic. He moved me to another seat. By the time the worship service had been over, I think I sat in every seat on the front that they had trying to avoid the water. Well, we got to the service time where it was time for them to introduce me. The language of that area and the tribe that we were, we were working with was Swahili. And so I had a translator who was going to help me share the message. And the pastor was there. And the pastor only knew a little bit of English. He had some broken English that he could speak. And he was sitting on the, on the platform to the side just to, to my right behind me. And as I started the message, it takes a little while to warm up with the translator and to learn your surroundings and figure out what you want to say. And, and probably six or seven minutes in, all of a sudden I made a statement and I hear the pastor and I see out of the corner of my eye that the pastor yells, point, point. Wow, that's on cue right there. That's good stuff right there. It's almost as good as this story. I may use that later. So he yelled, point, point, and he was pointing at the top of the tent, and I was thinking, okay, I've gotten in a spot, and I'm about to get water just dumped on me, so I need to pay attention. So I start looking. I kind of stop saying anything whatsoever, just look, and then I look over at the translator like, what is going on? Did I say something wrong? And the translator looks back at the pastor, and, and, and they say something in Swahili, and then the translator looks back at me and said, man, he was just encouraging his congregation to pay attention. You had an amazing point that you just made. And so we continued the service, and at every point, I stopped, and I put my finger in the air, and I yelled, point, point! And we had a great time. <laughs> well, I really didn't do that, but I thought about it. When you talk about the Holy Spirit, it's important for me to recognize and for you to recognize that all of us are the sum of the experiences about the Holy Spirit, the teaching that we've received, the experiences that we've gone through. And we have a great diversity in the room today of backgrounds. And just as I was trying to communicate with 
Swahili and English and, and, and all the things that were going on in that service. Sometimes when you say the word Holy Spirit or the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it means something totally different to the same people that are in the same room. And so to help start today, I want to tell you a little bit about my journey with the Holy Spirit. My parents were missionaries uh, in my early days, and then they moved back to the States about my fourth grade year and became pastors. But as missionaries, they had been trained in an evangelical seminary, a very common seminary, and had been taught uh, a, a lot about God. And the particular denomination we were in focused a lot on the Holy Spirit drawing you to salvation. But they got a little uneasy and really worried about you if you talk too much about the Holy Spirit. So it was in that time where there was another evangelical Bible college that's still functioning, still doing good work for God. But it was in that time that there were actually emergency posters placed on this particular campus. And on the emergency poster, what to do in case of emergency, fire, tornado, air raid, sickness, suicide, injury, or charismatic activity seems that reading the book of Acts and actually trying to see if it might be applied to our lives today was a concern and a dangerous activity on that campus. So you know the culture. Many of you grew up and you understand that there was a great division in the church on what to do with the teaching on the Holy Spirit, specifically the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, my parents uh, ended up being appointed to Uganda, the very country that Pastor Ron is in today. And we were there We were only there a short time, and Idi Amin took over the country. Those of you who are old enough to remember, he was one of the bloodiest dictators that we've ever seen in the world. Genocide of tribes, uh, just just all kinds of crimes against humanity were going on in Uganda at the time. In the midst of that, there was all kinds of evil powers at work. There were witch doctors that had amazing control over whole areas of the country. There was demonic activity, and my parents felt unprepared when they landed in Uganda, when they started seeing all these things happen. And it was in those years in Uganda that my mom and dad, in their own prayer time, as they were trying to figure out how they could minister in this culture and the context that they were in, that they started reading the New Testament and God started to speak to them in new ways. Those passages in Acts that they had read before and had been told by the denomination that, you know, those had kind of ceased with the last apostle, that the Holy Spirit was there to to give birth to the church, and that then once all that work was done, that we were going to continue forward and the Holy Spirit wasn't needed anymore. They started questioning that, and they started seeing things in, in the book of Acts that looked very similar to the situations they were walking into with demonic activity and the things that were going on. And it was in their personal prayer time, they received what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, they continued to be missionaries there. The country in in Uganda became so unstabilized that they were pulled from the country. And we were sent to Taiwan for a season. And then he came back my fourth grade year. And my dad probably had one of the shortest tenures as pastor at one church that I've ever heard of. He took a church in the denomination that we had grown up in and he had grown up in. And about three months in, some of the key leaders in the church figured out that my parents spoke in tongues. And there was a board meeting very quickly after that. And the board was kind of divided. It was a very, in the 70s, it was a very difficult issue to deal with. But the board was divided. My dad saw that the church was going to be in a very bad state if he stayed. And he resigned that very night. And it was in those months after that 
that we began a journey to figure out where we really belonged and what we really believed. My dad resigned that church, but he knew the word was out that he was a charismatic. And that evangelical denomination in the state that they were in and the area they were in the country meant that he wasn't going to get another church in that denomination. So we ended up going to prayer meetings. We started affiliating with some charismatics and some Pentecostals. And I can remember as a fourth grader, we went to a home Bible study trying to figure out what this was all about. And and as a kid, I was just watching my parents. I wasn't really processing it at as deep a level as they were. But I remember that night of one of those first times that we really gotten around some charismatic Pentecostals. We were upstairs. The kids were playing upstairs. We were playing board games, things like that. They were having a Bible study and a prayer meeting down in the living room. And somewhere in the middle of the night, I went down into the kitchen to get a drink or a snack or something. And I looked through about the time that I saw my mom being surrounded by people who were laying hands on her and praying for her. And then she fell. I'd never seen anything like that before. I was expecting maybe uh, medical attention. Somebody would call an ambulance. Somebody would try to figure out what was wrong with my mom. But in the process of that, it looked like they were all just continuing to pray. It looked like it was pretty common to them that that was happening. And, and after a, a, some time had passed, somebody just wanted to help me understand what was happening. And, and, and they mentioned that she had been slain in the spirit. Well, slain didn't sound real good at that time as a fourth grader when you're talking about my mom on the floor. But it was in those years that I asked my parents about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that I asked them what the, what the deal was with this. And it was in those years that I asked them to pray for me and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you that it's one of the most important decisions that I made to embrace the Holy Spirit. The seasons of my life, the things, even as I grew older, things happened in my life, I can say that that Holy Spirit, that fellowship of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about, is what made all the difference in where I am today. All of us come to the Holy Spirit, to this topic, with the understanding that we have through the teaching we've received and the experience we've had. So today, as we look at this subject again, as we continue in this series, I just encourage you to to open the Bible, open it in a fresh way. As you look at the scripture that we're going to look at, if you want to go deeper into the scripture, read John 14, 15, and 16, those verses that we've been looking at. Go into the book of Acts and read the entire book of Acts, how the Holy Spirit was poured out. Go into 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Go into Romans 12. Just read how the Holy Spirit moved in that early church. And how he wanted to be a part of the lives of the believer. See, I'm convinced of two things. One is that the Holy Spirit's not a genie in a bottle that we can pull out and somehow magically get him to do what we want. The Holy Spirit, Jesus says, the wind blows where it will. The Holy Spirit has a mystery to him. The gifts that he gives, the people he chooses... It's amazing to me to consider the mystery of the Holy Spirit. But neither is the Holy Spirit someone who moved in the early church 2,000 years ago and then went on vacation for the last 1,900 years, who's removed from our life, who isn't really doing much at all. The Holy Spirit is as active today in the redemption of his people in this church as he was the first day of Pentecost.
So my encouragement to you is to look at the Holy Spirit through a fresh set of eyes today. Maybe you just figured out we're a Pentecostal church. You're just visiting and you saw the assembly, you came in. You don't have to be afraid. We're not too weird. But I think the Holy Spirit drew you today to hear this message. If you've never accepted Christ, if you are questioning this whole faith journey that we're talking about, the same Holy Spirit that we say is giving us the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is drawing you to Christ. It's no accident that you're here in the service today. Maybe you, you haven't really heard any teaching on the Holy Spirit, or maybe you've been in one of those churches where it weirded you out when some of that stuff started happening. I just think God's going to meet you. The Holy Spirit's going to make himself real to you, even as you look at this in a fresh way. With the division that we've seen in the church in that generation that I grew up in, it's amazing to me to see how the Holy Spirit's been at work even in the evangelical denomination that I talked about. And some of those very denominational people and the people who were staunch that the Holy Spirit was kind of ended with the apostles are now embracing the Holy Spirit in ways that they would have never done in the 70s. The other thing, though, that is a burden for me is that so many Pentecostals and Charismatics have started the pendulum back the other way and have quit talking about the role of the Holy Spirit. So our goal today is to get a balanced approach, is to continue the dialogue about this, and hopefully it's going to stir you on in your own prayer time to seek everything that the Holy Spirit would give you. I want to look at a passage of Scripture in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. It's part of the passage that Pastor Ron has been looking at the last couple of weeks. It's part of the discourse that Jesus gives. He's toward the end of his ministry. He's looking for the Holy Spirit. Uh, He's he's telling them that the Holy Spirit's going to come once once he moves on to the Father. And, And let's pick up in verse 16 and 17 of John chapter 14. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate who'll never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And then just skip down a few more verses to verse 26 in the same chapter. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. As I look at these verses today and I see the phrases that are included in here, I think a a key portion of these verses is really focusing on the fact that the Holy Spirit can lead us and guide us in the will of God for our lives. And that's really the main point. As you walk away from the service today, I hope you'll realize that the Holy Spirit gives us power to walk in the will of God. It's interesting as I talk to people in different stages of life and they're trying to process decisions or transitions that are happening in their life, often the phrase you'll say is, I just want to make sure that I'm in the will of God. Well, I see from these verses, it says that he'll teach us all truth, that he'll be our guide, that he'll be our teacher. I believe the Holy Spirit can give you power to live in God's will. 
The first thing that I think of when I think about the Spirit's partnership with us, the fact that He, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is that Holy Spirit that lives in you if you're a believer. The first thing that I see that we can do to be sure that we're in the will of God is to align with the Spirit's work in our life. Align with the Spirit's work in in your life. Over these next few weeks, as you're processing this, as you're trying to learn more about the Holy Spirit, as you're trying to get a fresh perspective of who He is, of what He wants to do in your life, I hope that you will take the effort to align yourself where God is already working in your life through the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verse 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. We can choose to set our mind on what the Spirit desires by aligning ourselves with His work in our life. In Ephesians and other places, it talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. It talks about willfully deciding to sin or to go against what the Holy Spirit is directing in our lives. And I think one of the commitments we need to make if we want to be in the will of God through the power of the Holy Spirit is that we need to make a commitment that as soon as the Holy Spirit draws attention, that conviction, that twins that you feel when you're about to do something that you know is wrong, we need to make a commitment to stop immediately and to repent and ask God's forgiveness and to focus on the Spirit's work in our life. If you want to walk in the will of God, align yourself with the work of the Spirit of God in your life. One of the byproducts of aligning with the the Holy Spirit in your life is that you're going to be able to see the fruit of the Spirit grow in greater measure. When I was younger, I, I fell into some of the same traps when people started manifesting the gifts of the Spirit. I used to think, well, they must be a, a superior Christian. They, they, they seem to always have a word from God. They seem to always be charged up. But as I've grown and matured as a minister in my own faith walk, I realize that the gifts of the Spirit are given as the Spirit chooses. But the fruit of the Spirit are developed by us being sanctified by the work of the Spirit in our life. If you want to be a mature believer and be in the will of God... Focus first on how the fruit are being developed in your life. When you think about your life, when you think about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, are you in a better place than you were a year ago with the fruit in your life? If not, there's a work of the Holy Spirit that you need to align with in your life. Our Christian walk is meant to bear fruit. Jesus' admonition was a fruit bears good fruit if it's, a, if it's attached to the vine. And we want to be attached to that vine. Align with the work of the Spirit in your life if you want to be in the will of God. Another thing that I would say as I'm looking at this verse and considering the work of the Holy Spirit is that we have to recognize His promptings and respond with action. Not only is he going to have that ability to have a a, a twinge or a sense that we need to stop something that we're doing, but the Holy Spirit wants to be actively communicating with us what he would like us to accomplish in the days that he gives us. It's interesting to me, a few years ago, 
we had an opportunity to start videoing our, our services. And uh, Matt Darris is the one who actually controls the screens that you see in here and the, and the Internet broadcast that we do. He's actually in an office that's up on the second floor here. And he has amazing control from that room up there as to what we see on the screen and what you're going to see if you watch this on the Internet. He has these headsets that he speaks into, and these guys on these cameras, they've got their own little kingdom going here. But they're able to actually communicate, and he, and he tells them what shot to take, when to take it. He knows what the order of the service is. He knows what the next song's going to be. He knows what the next step's going to be in the service. And he's able to manage that in powerful ways. In the same way, the Holy Spirit can do that in your life. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could wear a headset around? I'd want somebody other than Matt Darris speaking in my ear. But wouldn't it be amazing... It is amazing. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. And he's teaching you all things. Listen for the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And respond. The promptings. Some of you are saying, this is getting a little weird now to imagine that God would actually speak to me. He still speaks. He's still waiting for you to respond. When's the last time you had a prompting? You know, there's small things. You may be getting gas at Quick Trip, and you look across, and the other guy pumping gas next to you, the Spirit may tell you, encourage that guy. Go talk to that guy. You may be in a school setting. You may be in a classroom where it looks like there's somebody there that's just going to be, the Holy Spirit's just going to illuminate them in in your mind, and you're going to know, I need to pray for that person. I need to find out what's going on in their life. There's an act of kindness of generosity around the corner when you're maybe at a Walmart and you see somebody in need. And the Holy Spirit's going to prompt you. If you want to walk in the will of God, if you want to be assured that you're aligned with the Holy Spirit, follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and respond with action. Here's a phrase. It starts with the small things. If you'll start with the things that are low risk, it will allow you to gain confidence in what the Holy Spirit is doing. It's in simple obedience to the small directives of the Holy Spirit that we gain confidence for his guidance in the big decisions of our life. Start with the small things. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Have you ever asked him to speak to you? In your prayer time, often I'm guilty of this. I'll I'll, I'll be so busy. And and one of the worst things that we have in our culture is the connectedness that we have when it comes to spiritual discipline. You know, I, I, I use the iPad and the iPhone for my Bible so much, but so often there are so many other things going on on that device while I'm while I'm reading scripture or contemplating God that I have to be very careful that I'm not wasting the time that I have to really connect with the Holy Spirit. But as you pray, don't just pray and then walk away from your prayer, but linger and allow God to speak to you. It's in those times when you leave room for him that the whispers will start. You'll hear the whisper of God. You know, I'm in an environment in our office where I'm often asked to, to talk to people to try to counsel them through life situations and people at hospitals, all the different things that happen, just the, the things that happen in life. And early on in my ministry, it's something I'm glad that I adopted. 
but I recognized that I, in my own strength, didn't have enough wisdom or enough direction to really help anybody. So I'm sitting in a room often, and I'll hear a couple, I'll hear somebody going through a tough time, and if they really knew what was going on in my head, I would feel hopeless for them. I would think there's no way that I can figure out how to help you. But I made a discipline that I, underneath all of that, I'm always praying in the Spirit. I'm always praying, saying, Holy Spirit, what's the word for today? What do you need to share? What is the bondage that needs to be broken? What is the, what is the statement that needs to be shared that can make a difference and bring hope in the situation? And the Holy Spirit's faithful to do that. I'd love to say that I, I'm as adept as what we described, that, that the promptings are just coming all the time and I'm able to really discern and, and move on every one of them. But I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I often miss the opportunities that the Holy Spirit presents. How clued in are you to the promptings of the Holy Spirit? He still speaks. He wants to guide us in the small and even big decisions of our life. If you're like me, you've got a lot of self-talk going on sometimes. You've got your own conscience. You've got your own things that are going on. And, and, and you need to have discernment. Not every internal voice or internal idea that you come up with may be the Holy Spirit. And it takes time. My wife tells me I'm very good with selective hearing. Especially during the football season. Um, but it takes time to discern the voice of God, the whisper of God. And there's so many ways that God has provided, the Holy Spirit has provided to confirm when he's really prompting you to do something. When I consider uh, some of the things that I even use in my life, I, I consider, is it aligned with the Word of God? If I'm hearing a prompting and it's against the Word of God, it stops right there. It's not something I need to act on. It's not the Holy Spirit. Does it fit with the way God has wired and shaped me? Do godly mentors, if it's a big decision, do godly mentors agree that they feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to me? And is it wise? Are the circumstances wise to do this? The Holy Spirit lives inside you. If you align with the work of the Spirit and follow His promptings, you'll be in the will of God for your life. The spiritual walk was never meant to be a walk that we took alone, that the Holy Spirit led us to Christ, that we accepted Christ, and then we were on our own. It was never meant to be that way. The Holy Spirit was promised as a comforter, as a guide, as a teacher. So many of us are striving so hard. We make a decision to follow Christ, and then we don't recognize that the Holy Spirit is the partner that follows from there. As I've been sharing today, maybe you're that person I described earlier that's never accepted Christ. And you're here, you don't know what's going on, but you you have a sense maybe that this sounds like something that you want to learn more about. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. The same power that allows us to walk in the will of God is the power that leads us to salvation. And the Holy Spirit is drawing you. And in these moments, in a few moments, you're going to have an opportunity to respond. And you're going to learn that Jesus lived that sinless life, that he was crucified and he was resurrected and he ascended back to God 
to provide an opportunity for you to have eternity with God. Some of you, as I talked about alignment and I talked about grieving the Holy Spirit, as I talked about making poor decisions when the Holy Spirit is actually prompting us to stop something, to repent of something, to do something else. Some of you are feeling the Holy Spirit's conviction right now in an area of your life that you haven't turned over to Him. It's becoming a bondage in your life and it's taking you out of the alignment of God's will for your life. Sin takes you much farther than you ever intend and it messes your life up. That's scripture. You're going to have an opportunity to respond in a moment as well. And some of you have the Holy Spirit's work in your life. You haven't been really cued into those promptings and you're interested now. The Holy Spirit's enlivening you right now and you're saying, I want to, I want to live a life like that. I want to live a life of adventure where the Holy Spirit's actually talking to me. And you can respond and you can take these steps and I guarantee you the Holy Spirit is not going to leave you. He's going to speak to you and your life's going to get a lot more interesting. Some of you are in a situation where you need the Spirit to speak. You've got circumstances and situations that are coming your way and you don't know what to do. You need that master controller in your ear and you need a word from God. You need a whisper from God to know what to do. And I believe in these next few moments as we have opportunity to respond that that same Holy Spirit that's at work in each of us can accomplish all those things at the same time. I want to give you an opportunity to respond by a show of hand. Let's just have everyone bow. I don't want to embarrass anybody today. You'll have opportunity to follow up later. But if you're in that first group and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and something drew you today and something is drawing you now, you don't even understand everything, but you're ready to make that confession and say, I, I want to learn more about Jesus. I want to learn about becoming a Christian. Would you be willing to be brave enough to just raise your hand? I won't embarrass you in any way. Just raise your hand now if you're in that category. Thank you. Some of you are feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit about alignment, about not grieving Him, about, about making the choice to repent and turn from something that's going on in your life. If that's you, would you be willing to just raise your hand as a sign that you're surrendering that back to God? Thank you. I see all those hands. Thank you. Maybe you're at a place where you know uh, something of the Holy Spirit, but you're ready to, to move on those promptings. You want the Holy Spirit to enliven you with new promptings. Would you raise your hand? Thank you. And finally, are you in a situation where you really need a whisper from God, where you really need him to confirm and direct you and guide you so that you know that you're in his will? If you're in that situation, would you raise your hand? Thank you. Here in a moment, I'm going to pray uh, over us, and I believe God's going to do work. I, I think God can do a lot of work. There were enough hands in, in, the, in the audience today that I know God's going to do his work right where you're seated. And so here in these next few moments, we're going to sing a song about drawing close to God. And in that time, I want you to just make an altar there where you are and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that he can do to guide you in all truth. Join with me and sing and reflect on these words even as we worship.